Does truth exist? Because you have faith, does that make this book true? Does God exist? So when someone says there is no truth, if you apply the claim to itself, what should you say? Is that true? They don't think Christianity is true. They're talked out of it. You know why they're talked out of it? Because they've never been talked into it. Cross-examining skeptical and atheistic views. Welcome to Cross-Examine with Dr. Frank Turek. You are not going to believe what I am going to say today. In fact, you're going to think I am making all of this up. You're going to say this can't be true. There's no way this is actually happening. But friends, it is. It's documented. You can check it out. In fact, you're going to be you're going to be amazed <laughs> unfortunately in a negative way that certain courses being taught on college campuses today actually do exist. These certain courses that we're going to talk about today, you're not going to, well, I'm, I'm just going to get into it. You're going to, you're, you're going to be upset and, and, and you're going to laugh at the same time because there's a new report out by the Young Americas Foundation, a conservative group that uh, is on many college campuses. They've put out a new report called Comedy and Tragedy. College Course Descriptions and What They Tell Us About Higher Education Today. Just when you thought the state of higher education couldn't get any lower, this survey of 50 major colleges exposes some crazy courses. And they're claiming that this is legitimate higher education. These are courses that are going to be taught or are currently being taught in the 2017-2018 academic year. Now, when you read the complete survey, which you can get at the Young Americas Foundation, in fact, uh, early this coming week, we'll have a, a blog entry on this and there'll be a link to it. You can see it. You can read the whole report for yourself. It's about 62 pages When you read this complete survey, you're going to notice that the so-called, I call them, the religion of sex, that's the new religion in America, has taken over at least part of the academy and made it their temple. And I'm going to go through some of these courses as the program unfolds, describe what they are to you. In fact, if you have small children, you may want to listen to this on your own because you're going to have a lot of splaining to do. Once you hear some of these titles and descriptions. In fact, you could put it this way. If Satan were a professor, these would be the kind of courses he would teach. Now, I'm not saying that, that, that the professors are, are demonic. I'm, don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not trying to paint everybody as Satan. I'm, not try, I'm just saying that if, if Satan were a professor... It seems to me these are exactly the type of courses he would want to teach. In fact, Paul Harvey, the great Paul Harvey, you remember the uh, the old radio personality who used to do uh, little bits on radio, and he'd say, now you know the rest of the story. Paul Harvey, 52 years ago, said if Satan, if, if he were Satan, here is what he would do to America. Now, I'm about to play you a clip from, I think, about 1965. It's a little... 
it's a little grainy or it's a little bit, uh, there's a little bit of noise on it, but you'll have to get over that. This is from 52 years ago. This is what Paul Harvey said that he would do if he were Satan. Here it is. If I were the devil, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the... So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you, or to you, as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, Start in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, You'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the, and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. 52 years ago, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Harvey was a bit of a prophet, wasn't he? He would do exactly what, if he were the devil, exactly what's been happening in our nation. And yet he said that back in 1965. Now, Dennis Prager, the conservative host, happens to be Jewish, uh, has a radio program. And uh, sometimes when he gets a phone call, uh, he will say, if the person goes on and 
put some sort of theory forward. He would just simply say, what graduate school did you go to? And the uh, caller will say, well, how did you even know I went to graduate school? And Prager will say, because only in graduate school could you learn the kind of nonsense you just stated. Wow, that seems a little direct. Yeah, but it's true. You can't come up with this stuff unless you're taught it. What kind of stuff am I talking about? The kind of courses and ideas that are being taught at our major universities. You know, Lincoln famously said, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of the government in the next. And you might ask yourself, why is the government, since really largely since President Obama, have been obsessed now with transgenderism? Transgenders in the military. Transgender surgery being paid for by your tax dollars. Why are issues of abortion and same-sex marriage and contraception paid for by the government, abortion paid for by the government? Why are we arguing over what bathrooms we ought to use? Because there's a new religion, and it's the new religion of sex, and it largely emerges from the university. And when we come back from the break, you're not going to believe what I'm going to tell you is actually being taught at major universities across the country. And a little bit later in the program, we're live today, a little bit later in the program, I'm going to ask you if you've come across any of these courses or have ever taken a course like this or know about it in a local college or university. 888 You're listening to Cross-Examine with Frank Turek on the American Family Radio Network. We're back in just two minutes. When we think in terms of authorship of the Bible, we have essentially a dual authorship. Pastor Alistair Begg from the American Family Studios documentary, The God Who Speaks. So it's true to say that Paul wrote Romans. It's equally true to say that God wrote Romans. And the great wonder of it is that without any violation of Paul's personality or his intellect, um, God, through the instrumentation of the Holy Spirit, both uh, provided Paul and enabled Paul to write as he wrote. And that would be true for all the Bible authors. And so it is at once uh, an entirely divine book, and yet it is an entirely divine book that uses uh, human authors in order to provide us with the text. Visit thegodwhospeaks.org. Hello everyone, I'm Tim Wildman, President of American Family Association and American Family Radio. You know, our spiritual heritage tours fill up each year several months in advance, and we've got the dates now for our 2018 trips. There are two tours. There's one to Washington, D.C. and Mount Vernon, the home of George Washington, and then there's a separate trip to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown, where we'll explore early American history. Now, if you want information on these tours, simply go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com spiritualheritagetours.com for all the information again in June and September you can go on one or you can go on both they're back to back we plan them that way again June and September Washington DC and Williamsburg for all the information go to spiritualheritagetours.com and I hope to see you on one of our spiritual heritage tours 
If you're low on the FM dial looking for National Public Radio, go no further. We're actually going to tell you the truth here. That's our intent anyway. You're listening to Cross-Examine with Frank Turek on the American Family Radio Network. I can guarantee you, you are never going to hear this on National Public Radio. It would be too embarrassing to the universities that have these courses we're about to talk about here today. Uh, Well, some may be proud of it, but once the alumni hear about this, at least much of the alumni with money, they're not going to be pleased. Oh, by the way, before we get into the courses, I want to mention that you don't want the noise of the world to drown out the word of God. You don't want the noise of the world to drown out the truth of Christmas. You know, AFA has got these nice little wristbands now that say, keep Christ in Christmas. They come in red and green. You can go to the AFA.net uh, and see them right there. Good reminder for people as we're coming up right up through the Christmas season here. We're just a week or so away. So you can get those and you can you can get them for your entire church. What are they like? There's 10 packs. There's You can buy them in quantity, in bulk. So check that out anyway. All right, back to our topic. We're talking about if Satan were a professor, what kind of courses might he teach? And what kind of courses are actually being taught now at a major universities? Now, again, I'm not saying that professors are Satan or demonically possessed. Don't get me wrong. I'm just using that metaphorically here. Actually, if, if Satan did want to teach courses, these would probably be them. Let's let's go up to uh, Northwestern University. There's a course that typifies many of the courses being offered at campuses all over the country. The course is called Beyond the Binary, Transgender and Race. Now, apparently, after more than 5,000 years of human civilization, college professors have abandoned biology and just discovered That gender and race have no scientific basis but can be changed on a whim. Ironically, this is from the crowd who just 10 minutes ago were asserting that sexual feelings like race are fixed because, you know, people are just born that way. There's no coherence to this movement, ladies and gentlemen. Now, true to this current fad regarding gender, medieval sexuality is another course offered at Northwestern, and this course investigates, quote, The fluidity of sex and gender roles in an age before sexual orientation, impact of and resistance to Christian theologies, negative assessment of sexuality, the cult of chastity, unquote. Well, I mean, who could disagree with that? I mean, if if only people would be less chaste in our society, then things would really get better, right? I mean, can you believe this? Christian Christian theology's negative assessment of sexuality. Christianity is the only worldview that has a a truly positive, a truly positive assessment of sexuality, that there's a purpose for it, a divine purpose. And there's obviously no ultimate purpose if God doesn't exist to anything, much less sexuality. Indiana University is offering topics in gender studies, We're all a little crazy, gender madness, and popular culture. Now, I wish I could tell you what this college course is actually about, but the description literally is too profane for me to say on the air. Now, not to be outclassed by Indiana University, the University of Michigan is finally offering, here it is, ladies and gentlemen, 
Rednecks, queers, and country music. You know, parents have been demanding this course for years. They're also offering, quote, drag in America, unquote, which is apparently now a very laudable way to dress up a degree. Amherst College up there in Massachusetts has constructed, here's the course, the cross-cultural construction of gender. Apparently, they've done this without any correction from the biology department there at Amherst. Wesley College offers the ever-necessary, here it is, rainbow cowboys and girls, gender, race, class, and sexuality in Westerns. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a course that might even earn a blush from Wesley alum Hillary Clinton as she rides out of town. Very important course at Wesley. Over at Swarthmore College, you can participate in, here's the course, Queering God, Feminist and Queer Theology. You know what? You want to know what the key themes of this course are? Here's the quote. Gender, embodiment, masculinity, liberation, sexuality, feminist, and queer theory. Unquote. Now, if that's not queer enough for you, you you don't want to miss queering the Bible. What's the stated goal of queering the Bible over there at Swarthmore? Here it is. Quote, by reading the Bible with the methods of queer and trans theoretical approaches, this class destabilizes long held assumptions about what the Bible and religion says about gender and sexuality. Unquote. Well, it certainly does. If you want to use a fantasy hermeneutic, you can come up with a fantasy interpretation. And you can learn all that right over there at Swarthmore College. Now, you may not have heard of Swarthmore College, but I'm sure you've heard of the University of Maryland. Yes, the University of Maryland offers, here's the course, homophobia in the U.S. society in the new millennium. The stated goal of this course is not to educate, but to activate students to take up a political crusade. How do I know that? Because here is the stated purpose of the course. To focus students on powers and responsibilities within struggles to end discrimination based on sexuality. Unquote. Now, if you're just tuning in, you're going, Frank, where are you getting this stuff? What are you talking about? This is all documented in the Young America's Foundation Comedy and Tragedy Report. It's a survey of college course descriptions and what they tell us about higher education today. If you Google Young America's Foundation Comedy and Tragedy, I'm sure you're going to find this entire 62-page report, and you can read it for yourself. Now, some of the color I'm putting on these uh, courses is not in their foundation. That's me commenting on it, but... The courses, you can read, and you can read the descriptions right there. Uh, you can read it right on there. And as I say, uh, come Monday or Tuesday, we're going to have a uh, complete re, uh, re blog a post on this, a column on it. And I'll have all the links there so you can check all this out for yourself. Now, notice that this University of Maryland course I just mentioned called Homophobia in the U.S. Society in the New Millennium talks about ending discrimination based on sexuality. They want students to do that. 
Now, this is a fundamental error in this entire movement. The error is, is to equate sexual feelings with sexual behavior. It's to equate attractions with actions. Just because you have an attraction doesn't mean you ought to act on it, as quite obviously some of the world is waking up to with all this sexual harassment, uh, these sexual harassment revelations coming out. You might have a attraction to somebody, but that doesn't mean you ought to act on it in a sexual way. And what these folks at the University of Maryland are trying to get you to, to believe is that if you discriminate against a behavior, some, some sort of sexual behavior, that means you're discriminated against a person. That's nonsense. Everybody discriminates against sexual behaviors. Even people on the far left believe at least certain sexual behaviors ought not be allowed, like sexual harassment like rape, like uh, pedophilia, apparently, although that's slipping away from their grasp, it seems. Bestiality, they don't, they don't think you ought, to, you ought to allow. They, you, they, they wouldn't say if you had laws against bestiality or laws against pedophilia or laws against incest or laws against uh, polygamy that somehow you're discriminating against polygamists, pedophiles, People who engage in bestiality. No, you would say that we're discriminated against the behavior, but we're not discriminated against people because people are not behaviors. Behaviors are behaviors. This is why the uh, the equation the equation of uh, race to sex sexual behavior is illegitimate. Sex is a behavior. Race is not a behavior. Race has no impact on your behavior. But homosexuality, pedophilia, whatever you want to call it, any kind of sex, even heterosexuality, they're all behaviors. And you can have laws that say such and such a behavior will not be tolerated in a given community. But that's not to say that you don't tolerate people. You always tolerate people. You don't necessarily tolerate what they do. I mean, the left has a long list of behaviors they don't want to tolerate. They don't want to tolerate people who... uh, are against same-sex marriage or don't want to bake a cake. They don't want to tolerate people who want to restrict abortion, right? They don't want to tolerate people who uh, have certain views of sexuality they don't agree with. They, They think that that's intolerable. Everybody has things that they think ought to be prohibited. The question is what should be prohibited and what should be allowed. In fact, as you know, the government can only do three things on any behavior. And this is all in our book, Correct, Not Politically Correct, How Same-Sex Marriage Hurts Everyone, which, by the way, has just been updated. So if you want to check that out, short little book, you can read it in a couple hours. And it's not, it's not dealing with the biblical arguments against certain sexual behaviors. It's dealing with the natural law societal arguments And in that book, I unpack the fact that there's only three things a government can do on any behavior, whether it's sexual or not. It can can prohibit the behavior, permit the behavior, or promote the behavior. The, The three Ps, prohibit, permit, or promote. Now, for many years, we prohibited same sex behavior. Then we we permitted it. Now the government is actually promoting it through same sex marriage. It's validating it. So that's not a neutral position. That's to promote it. But in any event, this is what's being promoted at the University of Maryland with their course. At Davidson College, right up the road here from Charlotte, they offer a course called Oppression and Education, which ironically is not a commentary on higher education, although it could be. Because if you disagree with the academy, you're going to be oppressed. Just go to any college campus. They have speech codes and all these things. 
They're going to run you out of, off campus if, uh, if you don't agree with them. In the name of inclusion, tolerance, and diversity, you're excluded. At Davidson, they also have a class called Marriage in the Age of Trump, which has nothing to do with the kind of marriage that has perpetuated and stabilized civilization since, well, the beginning of civilization. Instead, the course examines, here's here's the quote, meanings of marriage for same-sex couples, including marriage as a material right, marriage as a protest and marriage as validation unquote indeed that's what same-sex marriage does it validates it promotes homosexuality and they think it's a right well look if there's no god there's no right to anything where are you getting rights from you're claiming there's no god you have a right now rights don't come from governments they come from god governments may protect rights but rights come from god and if you don't have god you don't have rights i'm frank turek back in just two minutes don't touch that dial Friendships is offering a special session of Seahawks starting in February of 2018 to young adults age 18 through 25. They'll train for eight weeks at Port Mercy in Lake Charles, Louisiana, then transfer to Camp Pache on the Israel-Syria border, providing aid to Syrian people in need. Training includes Bible study, work skills, physical fitness, and relief missions. For more information, go to friendships.org or call 337-433-5022. Washington Watch advances a culture where human life is valued and religious liberty thrives. Hello, this is Tony Perkins, host of Washington Watch, right here on the American Family Radio Network, inviting you to join us each weekend for the weekend edition of Washington Watch for the latest from our nation's capital on what is happening as it pertains to faith, family, and freedom. You'll hear from policymakers, congressional leaders, and others each day, 4 p.m. Central Time. Be there. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Christmas never gets old, does it? We might grow a little less ambitious about decorating or shopping as the years go by, but the anticipation of celebrating God's greatest miracle will never get old. The Virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. These prophetic words from Isaiah never grow old, and neither does the gospel they announce, that Jesus came to live, die, and rise again for our sins, and today, with arms wide open, invites us to come, repent, believe, and experience God's complete forgiveness and life abundantly. So this Christmas, don't let the glitz of the holidays distract you from the glory of Jesus. Try out Anchor Devotional, in print monthly, Visit GetAnchor.com. If Satan were a professor, what type of courses would he be teaching? I submit to you many of the courses that are being taught right now on college campuses across the country as exposed by the Young America's Foundation survey called Comedy and Tragedy. College courses, descriptions, and what they tell us about higher education today. Well, higher education is pretty low right now. We've been going through some of these courses, and uh, it's really hard to believe this kind of material is being taught. Ten years or so ago, I did a presentation called Intellectual Predators, and I do it on occasion, and I had courses that were being taught ten years ago, and many of them were like this, but now it's really gone over the top. And uh, this entire this entire 
uh, report you can find online. It's going to be on our website, crossexamine.org. It's also linked on our Facebook pages, crossexamine.org and Dr. Frank Turek. You can go find it right there, right then and there. By the way, like our Facebook pages, because we do a lot of uh, college campus events, as you know, and uh, we stream those events. And if you want to see them, you have to like our pages. Otherwise, you won't see those events. So uh, check that out. By the way, I also want to mention a couple of quick things. Israel, April 6th to the 17th with my friend, the great archaeologist Eli Shukran. He'll be our guide. Uh, just a few seats left on that tour. We're only taking one bus. So if you want to be a part of it, go to crossexamine.org and click on, uh, click on, I think it's under events, if I'm not mistaken. You'll find it. You'll see the big... Uh, banner that'll come up on the Israel trip. We're also teaching, we're going to have, I don't know, 10 or 12 new online courses that are going to come up uh, that'll be linked over at crossexamine.org. The first one we're going to be teaching is Stealing from God. It starts on the 15th of January. I'll actually be on there answering your questions live based on our book, Stealing from God, Why Atheists Need God to Make Their Case. By the way, good Christmas gift to give people an online course where they can interact with the authors. And it's not just me that's going to be teaching uh, courses. I'll be teaching. Uh, we've, we've got Craig Blomberg from Denver Seminary helping us teach a course. Uh, we also will have uh, Daniel Wallace again. In fact, you can take the course with Daniel Wallace right now as a self-paced course on uh, biblical uh, criticism, which is really biblical research. How do we – textual criticism, textual research. How do we know what the New Testament documents actually – originally said he and he looks into all the manuscript evidence we'll have gary habermas back to take a course on the resurrection these courses you can take right now in a self-paced manner and you can give them as gifts just go to crossexamine.org and click on uh click on uh gee i gotta go to my own website to figure out where where i'm clicking i think resources if i'm not mistaken let me see i'm going over there right now stand by for vectors victor come on internet connection get over there well, there it is. Yeah, resources, online courses. You'll see a few of the courses right there. So check all that out uh, and equip yourselves because the kind of courses we're teaching, uh, trust me, are a lot more grounded in reality than the kind of courses we're talking about today here that are being taught on college campuses. Uh, in fact, at the University of Georgia, you're going to be asked to swallow, get this, gendered politics of food. Didn't know that food and gender had some sort of relation, but apparently at the University of Georgia, uh, there is a connection. And uh, you can also adopt a completely new method of epistemology, a, a completely new method of learning of how you know things by taking, quote, feminist research methods, unquote. Uh, at Old Miss, who can forget this golden old oldie? They're, they're dusting off this golden oldie. The course is called Sex, Gender, and the Bible. This is an obvious staple of higher learning, right? Sex, gender, and the Bible. I mean, Grandma, don't you remember taking that course while Grandma, uh, Grandpa was overseas saving civilization from the Nazis? I mean, this is an oldie, right? Sex, gender, and the Bible. Down in Sweet Home, Alabama, the University of Alabama has a course called, get this, Contemporary Inquiries. And queer is sound, is right in the middle of the word, is spelled Q-U-E-E-R. Contemporary Inquiries. This course is about as bad as their football team is good. Now, the allegedly more conservative Texas A&M calls a, seminal, a similar course, quote, alternative genders. 
Whoop, whoop. Great course, huh? At the University of Kentucky, you can take, and ladies and gentlemen, I am not making this up. This is a course at the University of Kentucky. Are you ready? Here it is. Vampires. Evolution of a Sexy Monster. That's the name of the course. Here's the description of the course. This course answers the following questions. What is a vampire? Where do they come from? Why do we have an obsession with the walking dead, especially with fanged monsters, unquote? Now, ladies and gentlemen, what employer couldn't use a graduate with the answers to those puzzling questions? <laughs> come on! Can you believe? Now, now <laughs> atheists mock Christians for believing what they believe, right? And yet, this, I'm sorry, is entirely mockable. <laughs> These courses taught largely by secularists and atheists. Are you serious? You really think this is a higher, this is part of higher education? At DePaul University, they're answering another question that's puzzling society. Here's the name of the course. Quote, are we still fabulous? Queer identity and contemporary drama, unquote. Meanwhile, over at Providence College, students with less pigmentation in their skin will learn that they are guilty for social inequality when they take the course called The Power of Whiteness. The Ivy League Brown University is apparently proud of this course. Here's the title of it. Prostitutes, mothers and midwives, women in pre-modern America or pre-modern Europe and North America. They're also over at Brown teaching, get this, here's the name of the course, feminist theory for a heated planet, which, according to the description, has something to do with, quote, the eruption of Gaia, unquote. And people mock Christians for believing that there's a creator, a creation, miracles, an ultimate purpose to life, a resurrected Messiah. And yet, the people that often mock this are teaching this kind of stuff? At Columbia University, another, another Ivy League school. They advocate personal and political action with this course, quote, queer practice, unquote. This course is only to be outdone by another queer course at Cornell University called, quote, nightlife, unquote, which appears to study what might or should happen at gay nightclubs. Because as you know, friends, when you go to college, you really have to learn what should happen at gay nightclubs. Because college students just don't party enough. So we got to have a course on it, right? That's what's being taught. At Dartmouth, you know what they're teaching? Quote, the United States of queer, unquote, as well as, quote, radical sexuality of color, wildness, and fabulosity, unquote. 
In other news, leftist uh, sociologists remain baffled by the current wave of sexual harassment charges. What could possibly give sexual deviance justification to ignore traditional boundaries? These sociologists are baffled. They have courses called Radical Sexuality of Color, Wildness, and Fabulosity. And people are wondering why the country has gone sexually mad. Am I crazy? Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe maybe all of this is just me, ladies and gentlemen. I just don't quite get it. Well, count me unenlightened then. Because this is the kind of madness that's being taught on a college campus. Dartmouth of all places. Well, Frank, that's not Yale. No, let's go to Yale. The Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies Department, whatever that is, at Yale University is peddling a course called Globalizing Gender and Sexuality. And at the once great Harvard University, as you know, founded by John Harvard to train pastors, they now offer such biblically edifying courses as, get it? You ready? Here it is at Harvard, Gender, Religion, and Scripture. Unquote, and another course called Leaning In, Hooking Up, unquote, which will, here's the quotation, which will critique ideological formations of gender, particularly as bounded by race, class, and sexuality, unquote. Indeed, it offers, quote, new models for sexuality, unquote, that apparently were beyond the provincial mind of Jesus. Harvard, ladies and gentlemen. Now, now, now. Hey, 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 hey. Alumni out there. You've been to any of these schools? And by the way, there's scores of other schools in this report by the Young Americans Foundation. I haven't even had time to mention. Alumni, do you think that these courses I've been mentioning here on, on this program, do these courses sound like elements of a quality education or more like we- weekly worship services for the religion of sex? I mean, look, they have the rules of education, but they are really attempts at promoting a dogmatic secularism with a kind of religious fervor intent on urging students to abandon reality and live in a fantasy world of their own sexual preference. Now, I've said this before, ladies and gentlemen, but I think this is really true of the difference between conservatives and liberals. While conservatives believe in changing their behavior to fit reality, today's liberals seem hell-bent on the fantasy of changing reality to fit their behavior. You can't change reality to fit your behavior. Yet that's the fantasy that is being peddled and pushed on our university campuses. Now, alumni, I have a request for you. If any of these schools, and and, and chances are, maybe I haven't mentioned your school, but this Young Americas Foundation surveyed 50 schools. This obviously is not all the schools in the United States, just a small sample of them. But this is being taught at almost, these kind of courses are being taught at almost every university. Not all, but many of them. The vast majority are being taught. Look, I have a request, alumni. If you love your kids and civilization, more than your football and basketball tickets, then stop giving these schools your money. They are corrupting people by putting out fantasy bilge that hurts people and destroys civilization. It chips away at the foundation of civilization. Now, if you have a comment on this, 
Our phone number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. I'll have time for a couple of calls after the break, and then we're going to talk about what we can do about all this. You're listening to Cross-Examine with Frank Turek on the American Family Radio Network website, crossexamined.org. We're back in just two minutes. My children recently convinced me to try some one-of-a-kind bumper cars. You get strapped into a cage, and when you get hit, it's much more than a bump. You spin around and upside down until you don't know which end is up. I couldn't wait to get off. Well, you know, whether connecting with friends or seeing social media posts, it's clear a lot of people feel that same way about Christmas. You may be feeling like I did on that ride. Your life won't stop spinning, and it feels like another topsy-turvy Christmas. But Christmas doesn't have to be that way. Whether you're spinning from stress, medical news, or family drama, there's an answer. In the Bible, we are told that Jesus is the wonderful counselor, the Prince of Peace. Jesus came as a baby, gave his life on the cross, and rose again so that you can have peace that lasts, peace with God, and peace in your soul knowing you're eternally safe. If you want to experience the peace only Jesus can give, connect with us at 888-NEED-HIM or chataboutjesus.com. Let the Prince of Peace calm the storm in your soul. Errors in the Bible? This is Ken Ham, president of Answers in Genesis, the Creation Museum, and Ark Encounter. The Bible is unique because it's the only book that was written by both human authors and God himself. But does the Bible contain errors because it was recorded by humans? The writers in the Bible describe the scriptures as flawless, enduring forever, God-breathed. And the Bible says that God knows the end from the beginning and cannot lie, so we wouldn't expect his word to have errors. Now, if scripture has mistakes in it, how will we know where the errors end and the truth starts? All of a sudden, we as humans are putting ourselves as the authority over God's word. We're deciding which parts we want to trust and which parts we'll reinterpret. We need to trust all of God's word. Plan your visit to our full-size Noah's Ark attraction in Northern Kentucky at AnswersRadio.com or listen to this program again or many others like it at AnswersRadio.com. All right, if you're calling in, 888-589-8840. Keep trying. We had to purge the board. We got a little technical trouble there, but try again. 888-589-8840. We're talking about... The unbelievable, really unbelievable nonsense being taught at many of our college colleges and universities in America. They're all put together in a report put out by the Young America's Foundation. It's called Comedy and Tragedy. You can Google that and find it. It's also going to be on our website later in the week. It's also right now on our Facebook page, crossexamine.org, and particularly Dr. Frank Turek. Like those Facebook pages. But this kind of madness is being taught. The question is, what can we do about it? Well, the church is partially to blame because the church uh, pretty much 100 years ago got out of society. uh, And then we wonder why society has gone godless. We have to work our way back into society to have a godly influence on people. And uh, I'm not blaming people teaching these courses, I'll tell you the truth, because if they really believe this, fine. I just think they're mistaken. And we need to show them why they're mistaken. Now, they're not always going to be open to that, I understand. However, we have to present the truth. The most important thing in the universe is truth. God is truth, and we need to tell people the truth. If the truth will set you free, that means if you don't have the truth, you're in bondage. And a lot of people are in bondage right now to error. And it seems that gender is this big new thing that everybody has to believe is fluid. 
which of course is nonsense. Look, to be a conservative is not to be against progress. It means to conserve what you know is true. If anything is true, it's that there are two genders. An exception, like the extremely rare situation where someone is born with elements of both sexes called intersex, simply proves the point that the genders are real and identifiable. You couldn't identify someone as intersexed unless you could identify what a man and a woman are. If men and women were completely social constructs, completely invented categories of the human mind, then we couldn't even speak coherently of sex change operations. What are you attempting to change from? What are you attempting to change to? It's meaningless if you don't know what a man and a woman is. Of course, there's a nature, a gender, or gender, or sex has a nature to it. A female is different than a I can't even believe I have to say this on radio. I just can't. I mean, it's just madness. The main point is that college professors seem intent on denying all that and claiming that gender is completely fluid. But in order to claim it's completely fluid, you have to presuppose it's not fluid because you wouldn't even know what a man was or a woman was if there wasn't sort of some sort of fixed nature to that. God has created us men and women. That's not to say that people might not be born intersexed on a very rare occasion. We would consider that in the vernacular a birth defect. There's a problem there. But it's not the normal, natural way things are. So, this gender, this fixation on fluidity of gender is something that's just a outgrowth of the religion of sex. Look, there's only two religions in the world, ladies and gentlemen. Either worshiping the creator or some aspect of the creation. If you're not worshiping the creator, you're worshiping some aspect of the creation and everyone worships something. When I say worship, what is your ultimate commitment? Is your ultimate commitment to God or is your ultimate commitment to some part of creation? Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 1, that people have suppressed the truth. They don't worship the creator, they worship the creation. And that ultimately is going to lead to your ruin because there is nothing worthy of your ultimate commitment other than the ultimate, which is God. Anything else is idolatry. And I can understand people who say they don't believe in God trying to put something in God's place, whether it's sex, i.e. the religion of sex, whether it's money, whether it's power, whether it's recognition, any one of these things. But it's going to end in futility. It's going to end in trouble. Now, in light of all this, before I tell you what we can do about it, let me just squeeze one quick call in. Roy, if I can call that, for some reason I can't put Roy on the air. Maybe this is not working. Cedric, can you put Roy on the air, or is the board not working? There it is. Roy, can you hear me? I can, sir. Um, Go ahead, Roy. I would like to give you an idea that I've stumbled upon. It's absolutely foolproof, but I've never heard anybody else um, do it but it worked for me. Um, rather than go through the regular channels and legalese and um, all the things in the media, that way, the way people do, if you have a person that is causing havoc in any way whatsoever, whether it's city council or the things you're talking about, you target the person, not, the, not like the mayor, but the mayor's personal name, you target him in a lawsuit to, to um, file for damages that he's caused you or other people, you can abs- and get it before a jury. And if a jury looks at that and thinks, that could be me that he's doing this to, 
almost any jury in the country would come down on your side and give a financial award, and it can be any amount. There was a guy by the name of uh, Don Metzger in California, and the, the Southern Poverty Law Center sued him because he'd made some remarks to some white guys, and the white guys went out and did something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but they did something that was either illegal or not very nice. So the Southern Poverty Law Center sued him for talking to them, and the jury gave a judgment of $1 million to NAACP, or the Southern Poverty Law Center. Let me make sure They're I'm following this. Let me make sure, Roy, Roy, let me make sure yeah. I'm following this. You're saying that if somebody like the Southern Poverty Law Center, which has nothing to do with Southern poverty or law, if right. they try and say something about you or me, you want to sue them and get it before a jury, and what's the charge against them? Well, if they if you can prove to a jury that they have done you any kind of economical damage or damaged your reputation, uh-huh. you can sue them for damages, and there's no limit to the amount you can get from them. It's up to a jury to, to decide what's fair. And a one-man TV repairman wound up after owing a million dollars to the Southern Poverty Law Center because of a jury decision, which wasn't just, but I'm just saying you can use it for good or for evil, but that does work. But you go after the individual's bank account and reputation. You don't go through the, the ordinary uh, going after an organization to get uh, the head of the organization. Oh, you go after the particular head of the organization, not the yeah, organization. Yeah, an individual. So, and if, right. if you get a judgment, everyone else from the president on down is going to be afraid to, go, to do the same thing because well, they've seen it, what happens. It does set a precedent. Thanks for the call, Roy. Uh, interesting insight. Of course, the, the one problem with it is that a lot of people don't want to do that. They don't have the resources to sue or they don't have the time. But, yeah, I guess it is a, 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 an angle you could take in such a situation. Um, but with regard now to what we can do about these college campus events, or I should say college campus courses, uh, you can stop supporting these people, number one. Number two, you can expose this. You can get the word out. You can send people this podcast. You can send people to the Young America's Foundation. They can read it for themselves. So people will stop, will stop giving money to these institutions. That might wake them up. You can write, of course, the university president and say, why are you allowing this nonsense? This is not education. This is indoctrination into a documented fantasy world. Because if you can't, if you can't admit uh, that there are men and women, then there's really just no hope for you. I mean, I, as I've said before, and, 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 and just to use the vernacular, if you can't admit evidence that's between your legs, you can't or you're not likely to admit evidence that shows that God exists. I mean, if somebody says, I can't believe in God because there's no evidence for God, you need to ask them, is there evidence for gender? If they say no, you could say, look, I'm sorry, there's no hope. There's just no hope. If you're not open to what's obvious about yourself, how are you going to be open to what's obvious about God? If you, if you can't admit something that's material about you, that's observable, how likely are you going to be able to admit something that's immaterial about God? In any event, what we try and do at crossexamine.org, we don't try, we do. We go to college campuses, and when we go to college campuses, we don't charge students a dime. We don't, we do, I don't have enough faith to be in atheist presentations, and we answer questions from students. You can see We've got hundreds of these videos, well over 100 now at least, of these videos of Q&As 
on a college campus. You can see these. And we've got several scheduled for this coming year. And you can help us fund these because, as I say, we don't charge students a dime. And when we go there, we also stream the event. We stream the event over the uh, over Facebook Live. So not only are we reaching a few hundred people in the room, but we'll have like 20,000 people in the first 24 hours watching online. The problem is, of course, this takes thousands of dollars to you uh, to, 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 to do, to, to stream the event, to get people there, to film it, to stream it. It costs money, and we're a 501c3. Now, I've been doing this radio program for at least 10 years. I think I may have talked about you donating to crossexamine.org maybe three or four times. Well, here's an opportunity to do it. Here's where we're going in uh, the next few months. January 23rd, Baylor University. Uh, January 31st, Eastern Kentucky University. Uh, February 7th, we're going to Indiana University. Uh, we're also going to, let's see, where else do we have here? We're going to University of Louisville the next day. On uh, February 15th, we're going to University of Akron. On the 20th of February, University of Tennessee. The next day, it looks like we're going to Eastern Tennessee State University. Then we're uh, going uh, to the University of Washington, Washington State. That's in, on February 26th. Then where are we going after that? I'm trying to keep up with the calendar here. After that, in March, we are going to – there's something in March there. University – or Vanderbilt University on the 19th. Uh, then we're going to University of North Carolina at Wilmington on the 22nd. We're going to Mary State on the 27th. These are just the first three months of the new year. And as I say, we don't charge students a dime. So if you want to have some sort of a counterforce that goes into these colleges and universities and gives kids some hope in the truth, then you can help us at crossexamined.org. And in fact, we don't just do colleges. As you know, we do high schools. We do churches. Uh, we're on all over social media. We have an app, the Cross-Examined app. We're on TV, on the Direct, uh, on Direct TV channel 378. We're here on the American Family Radio Network. Go to crossexamine.org, and if you can support us, I'd be very grateful because we're trying to make a difference, a difference for Christ in some of the darkest areas in America, the college campus. All right, friends, great being with you. Next week, Ed Fazer, five proofs for the existence of God. You don't want to miss it. See you then. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.